Hello and welcome to Crackpot Theories, the podcast where everything is possible until proven otherwise. I'm Sarika. And I'm Sinead. And uh, this one's going to be a very fun one. I can feel it in my bones. It's mostly because I have to say at this very moment, Sarika, I am terrified. You're terrified? Yes, because uh, the Cats movie is coming out very, very soon. And I am afraid. I am excited, but I am also afraid. I am baffled. And I'm hoping that it will be good. I'm thinking it probably won't. And this is a fear that's shared by many musical fans, especially fans Mm. of cats. And there are many, many fans of cats out there. Um, Cats as the animal and cats as the musical. So, yeah, I am quite nervous. Now, I know you, you're not necessarily a musical person. I am. I just... You're not like a hardcore musical person. (laughs) I'm not a hardcore musical fan. I do enjoy musicals and I do go to the theatre a lot, but there's still gaps in my knowledge of musicals, sadly. I'm working on it, though. No, that's okay. Well, you see, if you see the Cats movie, you will go in there without any context. Mm. And the problem is for this, you kind of need the context. And I always recommend to anybody that they should watch the 1998 stage recording of Cats because Mm. that is the best it is the strangest because Cats is a very strange musical, but it will make the movie and the hesitancy around the movie make sense. I've seen promotional art for it and it is horrifying by any standard. It should not exist. Would you believe that I am fine with the animation? Really? Absolutely fine. I have seen worse things in my life. Like like the original Sonic the Hedgehog movie trailer? I didn't even mind that that much, to, to be honest. You know, I'm a very, I have a very laissez-faire approach to animation, <laughs> so that didn't bother me. The problem is that they cast Rebel Wilson as Jenny Annie Dots. And if you don't know the musical, Jenny Annie Dots is supposed to be an interfering middle-aged old biddy, the kind of woman that you run into at weddings who always asks you why you aren't married yet. She's that type of person and I don't like Rebel Wilson is a good actress. I don't think she's that good. They should that's the problem I have with that casting. It looks like they've just kind of cast her as here's a funny fat chick. You looked like you were going to cry there. I saw genuine tears in your eyes. Uh, a, a little bit. And then the other thing is um they've cast Taylor Swift as Bombal Urena. Now For Cats fans, that was very controversial because, first of all, there's a lot of people out there that don't like Taylor Swift. I'm fine with her, but I don't think she's a good fit for this character because this character is just the kind of character that makes innuendos everywhere she goes. It's kind Mm. of more like an Angelina Jolie type. And I can understand that Taylor Swift really wants to move away from her squeaky clean image into something that's a bit more edgy and, um, and sexy. But I don't know that this was the right vehicle to do it. I think, she, she, like, there's another character called Demeter and she would have been better off with that one because, it, you know, Demeter seems to be a bit of a prude, except for that one song. But Well, Taylor Swift is a very good dancer, if you've ever seen her dance. So I can understand why they would, like, cast her. Yeah, she's a good singer. She's a good dancer. It's just that I don't know that she's got kind of the right energy for this particular role. You know, mm. you can cast the best dancer in something and they might make a hames of it. Right. Anyway, but that's um, that's neither here nor there. The film actually isn't out yet, so I haven't seen it. So I am remaining cautiously optimistic, but I'm also preparing for the worst. Um, 
So the story of how I got into cats is very strange. Uh, when I first time I saw it, I was 12 years old and I only saw the end credits on TV. Very specific. Yeah, the end credits where they were introducing and this person is this cat. And this person was this cat. And I was just like, wow, these costumes look amazing. I um, I wish I could have actually seen the entire thing <laughs> because we had two channels back there and it was turned on to the other one. Um, but just recently, the last time that I saw it was after me and you came back from our trip from Lith- to Lithuania. Mm. Our second year. Second year for you, fourth year for me in Lithuania and we both came back absolutely comatose. We were exhausted mentally and physically. We had great fun but we were exhausted. So I was looking for something fun to just put on while I was dying in bed. And so I figured I haven't seen that Cats musical in years. I wonder if it's uh, been uploaded somewhere online. So I watched it and I developed an obsession for the best part of a month. You will remember that. Months? Uh, Plural. <laughs> well, still ongoing. Uh, I I've more or less moved on, kind of, but I I still every now and then I just get that oh my god, cats was amazing, kind of thing. <laughs> um, now here's the fascination with it. Really, is that when you're watching it, you realize it's got no plot. Mm. There's a thread of a plot, but the cats keep forgetting that there's a plot. Just like actual cats, though, in fairness. Exactly. It, <laughs> it is. It's a collection of cat memes that are strung together to form some vague semblance of a plot. But during this sort of cat's madness that I had uh, sunk myself into, I was trying to explain the plot of it to a girl that I was going to London with. And we were in the airport and I was explaining the plot and everything that happens in the plot. And she was listening and nodding around. Um, Ashleen, if you're listening, this is directed at you. This is equally your fault. It's not just my <laughs> fault. But I was talking so long that we missed our flight. <laughs> we, were going to, we were going to London to see a completely different musical. <laughs> that just makes it even better. Oh, <laughs> uh, But I'm going to try and... Because I have to explain the plot before I get into the theory. And it's really hard to explain the plot. Because there's hardly any plot. <laughs> so you've seen a couple of clips, but you haven't seen the whole thing. I haven't watched it in full. I've watched bits and pieces here and there. I've that I made up, you watch. That you've made me watch. And I've looked up about it and that just to, to know what on earth is going on. The same way as I don't think you've watched Yuri and Ice full full way through, but you've seen. Yeah, I did. You made me. Yeah, I did. <laughs> it was great. It was but... okay. It wasn't groundbreaking or anything. I just sat there. It was a fun musical about ice skaters. There was no musicals. Okay, but, well then I, I got, digress. Then I got bored and I made up my own film in my head. So it was a series. But it was the same the same vein as like that. We watched it all in like two days, so might as well have been a film. Anyway, so I'm going to try and get the plot out of the way to explain to you what the plot is before we get into the theory because it's important to know the plot. The plot's there anyway. Except that, again, they keep forgetting that there is a plot. It is just a a bunch of cat memes that are strung together. So, ideally, what this musical is about is that the cats are having a rap battle to figure out who gets to die. Okay. 
more or less. So what they do is like every year their leader comes back and says that one of them is going to ascend to the heavy side layer and they're going to be reborn as a new cat. And there's hot competition there because nobody wants to live in their cat body anymore. They want to have a new a new fancy body. Um, so they kind of explain this. Well, they don't explain this. The very first song is just, hey, you like cats? Here's lots of cats. Um, <laughs> cats have funny names. That's the second song. First song is, hey, here's a bunch of cats. Second song is, hey, cats have weird names. Third song is, um, okay, our first candidate coming up to die is Jenny Annie Dots. Uh, she is a middle-aged interfering old biddy. Sometimes I call her Cat Umbridge, but she's like a nice Cat Umbridge. As in, you know. Like the cats in Umbridge's plates. No, she's like the cat and Umbridge merged into each other. So she's like that kind of person, but she's like good. She's nice. Um, Is it Umbridge's furry OC? They're Mary Sue. No, this is an actual cat that's in this um, in this junkyard. It's set in a junkyard, by the way. Um, no, the, her whole story is she's a middle-aged interfering old biddy. I don't know why she wants to die so badly, but she does. I mean, don't we all? <laughs> and then her song gets interrupted by Rum Tum Tugger who does not appear to be in the running for this at all. He just felt like interrupting. His entire song is, I'm a contrary guy and everybody thinks that I'm cool. And that's the end of his song. And then we get, he gets interrupted as well because the cats can't stop interrupting each other. They get interrupted by Captain Buzzkill, Grizabella, the glamour cat. So she turns up and they all get really awkward. They're all having a great time with Rum Tun Tugger's song because he is Cat David Bowie. And, <laughs> you know, when Cat David Bowie is in the junkyard, everybody rocks out. And then it just interrupts and everybody's like, oh, oh, no, it's Grizabella. Ugh. And I know that they're supposed to be acting like they hate her. But it's more like they just find it really awkward that she's there. It's just like, oh, we can't have a good time now. Captain Buzzkill is here. So she is Debbie Downer. The sad person in the party. It's like, you know, well, probably what I'm going to be in the future. So when you're having your child christened or, you know, you're having a, your wedding anniversary or something, I come along and I go, hey, do you remember when I used to be cool? <laughs> I'm, I'm getting an awful lot of like whatever happened to baby Jane vibes. Big time. Yes, it's like <laughs> I used to be amazing and now I'm not. I was a star. That's that is her entire character. Is I was a star and now I'm not, and it's sad, and I'm going to make you all sad as well. And she does. And then when she leaves, it is literally the meme. Alexa, this is so uh, this is so sad. Alexa, play Desposito meme. <laughs> but it's more like ah, oh, this is so sad. Anyway, here's Buster for Jones, and he waddles onto the stage and sings a song about being fat. Isn't he being played by James Corden in the movie? Yes, and that's just tragic. That's all I will say about that. <laughs> I don't care enough about Buster for Jones, who is also the Bode meme, more or less. He's just Bode. He's an absolute unit. His entire song is about how he's an absolute unit. I don't even think he's part of the the rap battle. He just turned up and like, yeah, hi, I'm coming back from the pub. I'm fat. Did you know that? And then he waddles off again. I love it. <laughs> all right, finally... Cat Dumbledore shows up. Cat Dumbledore. <laughs> he is. He's the heavy. He's um the Jellicle Cat's leader, and he's really old and possibly has magical powers. They never explain. They're all really happy. Oh, it's old Deuteronomy. Brilliant. 
they celebrate by putting on a play for them where they dress up as dogs and the play goes horribly wrong because apparently nobody has rehearsed and then when it's finished there's just like this really awkward pause and old Deuteronomy is like anyway so that was a thing that happened so about that rap battle <laughs> we had to just witness that that is the most meta thing ever a play within a musical <laughs> it's not only that but all the cats have to dress up as dogs using junkyard rubbish so they've made these little crappy dog costumes it's it's quite glorious and there's one guy trying to keep everything together it is exactly how you can imagine a cat would do a bad impression of a dog it sounds like just a strange drug-induced fever dream we are 15 minutes into the musical at this stage oh god <laughs> okay so they have this freak out over McCavity, who is an evil cat and that's the important part. That's the feature in this theory, really, is that there's a crash of thunder and then one of the cats just goes, Macavity! And everybody runs away. Shakespearean drama. <laughs> Macavity! That is literally how she does it, though. It's all She never says it normally. It's always, Macavity! <laughs> and that's like their signal to just run. I want that as a ringtone. Just any, <laughs> anytime somebody texts me, just like really Macavity! dramatic. Really dramatic. Okay, but it's not Macavity. It is Cat Team Rocket. <laughs> who have popped up out of nowhere probably on their way back from burglaring some guy's house to brag about how they like breaking things and stealing things so, just like me <laughs> just just like my cat at home who likes breaking things and stealing things mostly from the dog um, their entire song is just we like causing chaos and then all the cats are like oh you naughty team rocket go sit in the corner and they like spend the rest of the musical just sitting on this old car. <laughs> the naughty corner for cats. A little bit yeah. They're um, Anyway moving on from them. <laughs> moving along swiftly. Okay but the important part about this is team um, cat team rocket their names are Munga Jerry and Teaser. when mm-hmm. they do the Macavity song later they talk about famous cat villains and they name one of them as Mungo Jerry. Now I don't know if you can really consider Mungo Jerry and Rumpelteaser to be master criminals given that they got caught by every single cat coming in there. <laughs> they just tried they tried to take advantage of Demeter going McCavity and to sneak in and out and they failed. They really are Team Rocket. <laughs> they, they really are, but it just shows how skewed a cat's view of what a master criminal is. You know how dramatic cats are in real life. Mm. It extends to the musical world as well. Uh, anyway, there's another freak out. Demetra goes, McCavity! Again. But it's actually just Grizabella again. She's popped up again. It's like, hey, guys, remember when I used to be cool? And just like, no, Grizabella, you were never cool. And they all run off because it's just too awkward to be around her. She sings Memory, the most famous of the songs, about how she used to be cool and is no longer cool. Uh, and yeah. Finally, McCavity does actually show up. So the one time Demeter got it right, McCavity shows up and... Um, and Cat Dumbledore gets kidnapped by a legion of trained rats that are under McCavity's control. Are you sure this exists and this isn't some form of fever dream that you had in your exhaustion? No, this whole thing actually happened and you have seen it. So you know I'm not just making it up. But 
I just, I'm just picturing a load of cats trying to train rats to like kidnap another cat and just my brain it, it hurts but this this is all canon this is all actually canon we're not even at the theory yet we're about <laughs> halfway through the, the plot explanation do you see why i missed the flight we're sitting there in burger king i'm talking away and connecting dots with red thread and ashling is just sitting there nodding along and drinking her coke and she never like, she was the one who was facing the clock. We didn't have to miss our flight, but I guess she just really wanted to hear the plot of the musical. Um, This is a much abridged version than the version I gave in the airport, by the way. Uh, I am leaving out so much stuff that happens. Right, so Demeter, the one who keeps going, Macavity! Her and Bombal Urena sing a song about Macavity, which is trying to explain to us who he is and why he's bad. Mm-hmm. But the way that they sing it, they are not making it sound like he's very dangerous. They, The way they sing it is like they're singing about a guy that they really, really fancy. Okay. And that's a bit strange. You know, is it? if you can imagine, right, Harry Potter describing Voldemort to people and going, oh man, yeah, Voldemort, he, he's so dangerous. I mean, he, he's really dark and he's imposing. And sometimes I see him in my head. Stupid, sexy Voldemort. <laughs> stupid, sexy Voldemort. This is stupid, sexy McCavity. That's like, uh, oh, I know he just kidnapped Dumbledore, but uh, he's just so cool. <laughs> I can't resist. Um, so they finally get... Um, McCavity comes back dressed up as old Deuteronomy to trick them. They have the fisticuffs. So they do some cat boxing. As you do. Uh, as you do. <laughs> um. They fight him off, but they don't get old Deuteronomy back. Then finally, Rumtung Tugger comes back. He wasn't involved in the fight. He was just hanging out there, even though he is easily the biggest cat and could probably have taken McCavity in a square in a square fight. But he decided, nah, he didn't want to get involved. Um, but they do get him back by calling in Cat Harry Potter. <laughs> so we we have Cat Voldemort, Cat Dumbledore, Cat Laura Thumbridge. Now we have Cat Harry Potter. And Cat, no, I was just about to say Cat Team Rocket, but that's a completely different franchise. <laughs> um, the twins, Fred and George, maybe. I guess so. They do like causing chaos. So maybe Cats is like a really weird meta version of Harry Potter. I see the theory we're suddenly de- developing throughout this conversation. This may be a two-part episode. <laughs> okay, so they get magical Mr. Mistopheles to come back and conjure old Deuteronomy back, which they do. And they get him back and they're all happy and everything. Um, and then Grizabella shows back up again, sings memory again. And they're like, oh, man. So suddenly they forgive her for being a Debbie Downer. They sing it twice in the one musical? They sing it like four times. That's just lazy, man. No, it's like they, it's different every time she sings it. Sometimes she sings it as part of a duet. Sometimes she just sings it on her own. Sometimes she sings it when everybody's watching going, oh, this is so awkward. Why can't you just go away? We've heard this already. Gosh, mom. <laughs> Finally, they decide to let Grizabella be the one who dies and comes back. Probably just to shut her up. <laughs> A sympathy sacrifice. It's just like, fine, if you go die and come back, will you please just shut up about how you used to be cool? And uh, that's the end of the musical. So I, how many minutes did it take me to explain all that? 
quite a few. <laughs> okay, so let's get on to the actual theory. What is your crackpot theory about cats? My crackpot theory about cats is that McCavity is not in fact a cat of any description. He is a human who is masquerading as a cat and trying to live his cat lifestyle, but the other cats are not letting him. He's just a cat impersonator, like some form of furry hobo. <laughs> That's exactly what he is. He's a furry hobo. Just living in the junkyard with his kin. <laughs> no, because they won't let him live in the junkyard. They're really hostile towards him every time he shows up. <laughs> okay, but oh, I know this is very similar to my Jaws theory from last week. But... Well, last week was the Santa Claus one. Oh, yeah. Two weeks ago, the Jaws theory, where was it? Like, basically all of my theories says that every single animal bad guy from every single franchise is actually just a person pretending to be that. I think Godzilla is probably a thousand men in a big rubber suit <laughs> trying to live their best giant mutant lizard nuclear. Oh, millions of garden gnomes. <laughs> okay, no, no. Anyway. So McCavity is a person dressed up in some form of cat suit. Yes, because the song, mm-hmm. the McCavity song. Um, the first thing that they mention is that he's broken every human law. Now, I don't know if you know this about cats, but cats usually aren't subject to human laws. No. It is very difficult for a cat to break any human law, never mind all of them. And that he breaks the laws of gravity. Breaking the law of gravity, I mean... Jumping. Regular cats can do that if they're taken on a plane. <laughs> you know, humans sometimes have jetpacks. I'm just picturing a cat with a jetpack now. But I'm also just picturing a cat doing tax evasion. Yes. And like pug smuggling and like... Jaywalking. <laughs> Jaywalking. Insurance fraud. Copyright infringement. Regicide. Oh, Lord. <laughs> now, it is very difficult for regular edition people to commit regicide. But given the time frame of this, it's very fuzzy. Like the poems were written back in the kind of uh, shortly after the Victorian era. Mm. So it could be anywhere from like one to 50 years after the Victorian era. And in that pocket of time, you had the assassination of the Romanov family over in Russia. <laughs> and the rise of the Bolsheviks. Oh, for good Lord. You cannot prove McCavity didn't have some part in that. Oh, God. Oh, my sides. Oh, please. <laughs> if he's broken every human law, he's broken regicide. How many royals died during that time period? <laughs> <laughs> Died via assassination. Obviously, the Romanovs. All he'd have to do is have taken out one. That that gives the whole Anastasia story a whole different context. (laughs) Good Lord. (laughs) It could have happened before he decided to live his best cat life. Who knows? But there's also, um, yeah, he may have committed bigamy. There is also a law in America, in Oklahoma, I do believe it is, that it is against the law to kill Bigfoot. <laughs> well, so, he's, he's our boy. 
by that association, if he has indeed broken every human law, he has killed Bigfoot or maybe Big Feet. Does that also mean that he like broke that really, really random law that unmarried women can't go hand gliding on a Sunday? <laughs> well, he's not an unmarried woman, so that law doesn't really apply to him unless but it's he a human hopped into law. a dress for a little while. But he's, but that would. He said he broke every human law, and that is a human law. So you know the um all the laws of like um thermodynamics. <laughs> <laughs> Those are human laws. The laws even, of science. Yes. Um, well, yeah, maybe we couldn't say that he's broken the laws of science because those are the laws of nature. He's broken every human law and human laws are arbitrary. But yes, it would be very difficult for a cat to break any of those laws. N- not for want of trying. I think that my cat actually has the makings of quite a criminal and I'm pretty <laughs> sure that your cat also has the makings of a master criminal. Oh, if, yes. <laughs> if they just had opposable thumbs. If only... Have you ever seen like the pictures of those cats that do have kind of thumb-esque paws? They're terrifying. I just said there's a video of one doing a thumbs up and it is the cutest thing in the world. The minute they learn how to use them, we're we're gone. My cat can open doors. Literally, she jumps up and opens the doors by pulling down on the handle. It is freaky when you hear her doing it in the middle of the night. Have Sinead, you have had cats for many times, haven't you? Yes. Have you ever heard what a cat sounds like when it goes into heat? Yes. <laughs> it just, it's, I'm having like flashbacks. Do you want to explain? So the very first time that I owned a kitty all by myself, it, it was lovely. It was nice. Ooh, yes, fluffy kitty. I didn't think it was anyway possessed by a demonic and, <laughs> like presence until it went into heat in the middle of the night as it was standing on my chest, staring in my face like some lovely, fluffy, adorable thing until it went, (laughs) the thing said hello to me in like its kitty face. (laughs) Because when the cat is in heat, it makes really strange noises that sound almost like they're saying mellow yellow hello. (laughs) Memory. (laughs) (laughs) So many memories. But it just <laughs> And this was in the middle of the night The cat on my chest In the dark Just going hello to me Well I just I'm still not over it And it's been nearly 10 years There I'm, was a cat that I had That had one eye and no teeth And used to just stare at you <laughs> but We had a friend sleeping on the couch one time And the cat lit Like he couldn't sleep Because he'd been drinking And he kept waking up at odd times at night And every time he woke up The cat had moved closer to him <laughs> And every time she was just staring right down on him Out of her one eye <laughs> You wouldn't know if that was some kind of night terror or something. It was. She was like a she was like a night paralysis demon. <laughs> anyway, we digress. We could be talking about cats for a long time, and in fact, we have been talking about cats for quite a while already. Um, but back to the musical. Um, so they also mention in the song that um they haven't found his footprints in Scotland Yard. Of course not. They are apparently looking for a giant cat. They're looking for a cat's footprints that fit with this master criminal. But what if he gets out of his cat outfit after he's committed a crime and just walks away like a normal human? They'd never be looking for him. They wouldn't. And then when they are looking for a human being, 
he's in cat form. But this would explain also why they are so terrified of him. It might even be a thing that, like, cats are dramatic creatures. They are. You know that. You know, when you don't feed them, like, when you're five minutes late for feeding them, they act like you've just starved them for years. They're so betrayed. So they're like, he's broken every human law. It's like he jaywalked once. (laughs) He broke the laws of gravity. He got on a plane one time. He stole a single stamp by accident. But it could be. And I also had this theory that he was possibly trying to just find his cat. And he went to the junkyard. You know when a cat gets lost? Yeah. And you go around looking for it. So let's say that your cat was living in a junkyard with a bunch of other cats. Mm. And you knew it was your cat. And you were trying to catch him. But every time you went into the junkyard, first of all, all the cats hid. And then you're like, okay, well, this is not helping me. I think I'm just going to have to make them think that I'm one of them. (laughs) So you get into a cat costume and then you go down to the junkyard. But that's even worse because have you seen the way cats react to people wearing cat masks? Yes, it is glorious. Oh, wow. They are (laughs) so freaked out by it. Like any little difference, even when you're wearing like, like little werewolf masks or something like that. Some cats freak out when you put cat ear hairbands on your head. Yeah, they they don't like that. Oh no, what are you doing? Where's my human? Ah! So I can well understand that if he was a regular human, he put on a cat costume maybe to try and lull his cat into false sense of security and... All the other cats just reacted incredibly negatively to it and started attacking him. Because have you ever had to fight a cat for any reason? I'm really glad that I have not. Are you sure about that? What about when you've had to take them to the vet? You see, I just bribe them with lots of food and do it very quickly. So the fight is not so much a fight as me putting them in the, the, into the crate really quickly and hoping they don't get my eyes. Okay, see... What it is, is my fondness for taking in the kind of cats that nobody else will adopt means that I have often had to give medicine to cats. Oh, Which is difficult to come away with uh, without some damage to your arms at the very least. You wrap them in a blanket like a big burrito. I do. Every time. Doesn't matter. That just reduces the damage slightly. Look at my hands right now. Oh. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, that um <laughs> the cat that I have at the moment has something wrong with her tear ducts and she has to have her eye wiped every now and then with just like some saline and stuff. She hates when I do that and she acts like I am this demon that is out <laughs> to get her. And she scratches me to ribbons, which I understand because she is a cat, she's dramatic. But you know, let's say if you are a guy who owns kind of an old doddery old cat and he's hanging out with some strays down in a junkyard and you want to get him back because you're worried for his safety so you go down there you put on your cat costume and the cats just react violently towards you <laughs> and not just one of them like there's when they come along to fight McCavity in the musical there's like three of them that actually do any kind of fighting Rum Tum Tugger just sits up and watches the whole thing probably smiling just like yeah chaos this is brilliant so I mean, if you've never had to fight a cat, Mm. you will not understand necessarily how much damage they can actually do. Now, eventually they do kind of beat up McCavity and he leaves and he doesn't get old Deuteronomy back. 
which is probably why he was there in the first place. I have a feeling that old Deuteronomy is actually his cat that he was trying to get back. Now, the other thing is, um, when old Deuteronomy gets kidnapped by the rats, I mean, it's very difficult for cats to train rats, but you know who has a very easy time training rats? Scientists. Humans. Full stop. Rats are very trainable. Did you see that they have thought tiny mice and rats to drive little cars? Yes, I have seen that. (laughs) I saw that on Twitter in the middle of the night and I had to sit up and I woke up Phil and I was like, Philip, they have taught mice to drive. And it was the best thing. It has made several months for me that I'm just still riding high on the fact that there is mice driving tiny cars. (laughs) Beep, beep. (laughs) <laughs> squeak, squeak. Oh, they've also been able to train rats to sniff out landmines. Yeah, I saw that. That was also pretty cool. That was it. Was very cool. Obviously, it's not quite as glamorous as giving them little tiny cars, but Just it's very worthwhile. Stuart Little driving a little sports car makes so much more sense now. I never watched Stuart Little. Neither did I, but I saw the ad. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but you know. People do weird things when they're trying to get their cats back from places that they have gotten themselves into. Mm. Case in point, do you remember when our mutual friend had to get that cat out of a tree? Oh, yeah, that was that was an experience. Um, Didn't she run out in her pajamas with no shoes? Yes, and tried to climb said tree. That was a very large tree. (laughs) <laughs> larger, larger than a reasonable sized tree, and the cat was just up there looking at her like, "Ha this ain't happening, yo!" And then she tried pouring milk onto the tree to try get the cat down, and then there was a swarm of children at her feet telling, oh, yeah. telling her, "Are you getting the cat out of the tree?" And it was just, it was like something from a Gary Larson comic or something, just like this. This is a thing that I don't think should have happened in reality, but it did, and. We eventually got the cat down. Okay. Eventually being the How likely is it, do you think, that if Jessie's cat hung out in a junkyard with a bunch of other cats and would not come home, that Jessie would put on a cat costume to go try and get the cat back? I'm talking like 110%. Like, I'm surprised she doesn't have one just in the closet, just in case. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah see that's where I am with McCavity because I like if you can imagine then from the point of view of the cats I mean you know how weird it is when you see somebody who is in unusually large you know mm. like unusually tall yeah you yeah. know um, there's that uncanny valley effect you know, when, when, or when somebody's features are just like slightly off. When they do those computer animations where it's like it looks photorealistic, but there's muscles under the skin that are not moving and your eye subconsciously picks up on that and it's really, really freaky. Like when somebody has surgery or something like the plastic surgery or the Botox and it's like, hmm, you're, you're not doing expressions correctly. There's something odd there. Yeah, okay. Now, could you imagine if you... If somebody had a huge amount of plastic surgery and had very little motion in their face and then also blew up to be, to be about 50 times their size and then tried to come over to your house to hang out with you. 
I'd hit him with a shovel. You would freak out. You'd hit their toe with a shovel. You wouldn't get that far. Would you Would you try to box them? It depends. Like, I'd have to gauge it if it's a attack or run away very quickly situation. But then again, cats don't really have, like, you see videos of cats taking on crocodiles, bears, <laughs> uh, people, really big dogs, vets. <laughs> Mostly vets. But like they don't seem to realize these creatures are much larger than they are and that they really shouldn't be trying to, you know, box them. Now, actually, last time we talked about wrestling sharks. Now we're talking about cat boxing. So next week, I assume that we're going to be talking about uh, maybe suplexing the deer at Nara Park. (laughs) (laughs) He had it coming. (laughs) They did, because like... At Nara Park, the deer have to bow to you when you're giving them a, when they want a rice cracker from you. And if you don't give the cracker to them fast enough, they start rummaging around in your purse. And then if they get really annoyed, they start headbutting you. So the whole time we were in Tokyo, in after we'd gone to Nara Park, I just had visions of myself suplexing the deer. <laughs> so this I'm- is eventually, this podcast is eventually going to turn into how to fight with every animal. <laughs> A very short instructional guide on how to seek revenge on your animal foes. <laughs> well, I mean, if you had to seek revenge on an animal, which animal would you take revenge on, do you think? I, I don't know, to be honest with you. I, I'm a, a very big animal lover. So Well, so am I. But sometimes I like to, you know, think, well, I, why did you do that to test my strength? I will wage war every fish. <laughs> that yeah, I mean, I, I me and Aquaman, and I'll have some words. No, I I can kind of imagine you doing jujitsu on a tuna. Oh God, they're <laughs> so big and horrifying. <laughs> they are. When you mention Nara, I just automatically pictured entire island of cats or macavity-sized cats. <laughs> Macavity would get on so well there. No, we wouldn't because the cats would be terrified of him. He'd be he'd be an outcast like Grizabella. <laughs> Because they have an island that's entirely filled with like bunny rabbits as well. They have several of these islands and one is for like foxes and then there's another one where it's rabbits, another one where it's cats. I'm sure there's an island out there where it's nothing but deer and that are just there to be suplexed. An island of furries. Just people who have just fed up with society that are just like, no, no, I'm going to live my natural dreams of dressing in some form of fursuit and living in the wilds of an island. But we have had two episodes that have been dedicated to the idea that that kind of thing doesn't necessarily work out in your favour. If you pretend to, if you go and live your shark fantasy, you're going to have to murder people. And if you live your cat fantasy, you have to live with the fact that you're going to get beaten up by lots of cats. I don't know. Some people are into that. I don't know. Like... When we brought up the Jaws one, I was like, I know so many people that would just love to dress up as a shark and just murder loads of people. I'm sure there's somebody that wants to go live as a cat. But it's the level of commitment, really, that's in there. I mean, would you really want to kind of commit your life to swimming around in tropical waters, getting bumped by other sharks, possibly hunted by orcas? And if you were a cat, I mean, you have to live the cat lifestyle. You mean sleeping constantly and getting fed and pets and warm and niceness? No, it'd be a stray cat lifestyle unless you found an owner who was happy to take in a six foot tall cat with human features. When myself and Phil were recently in Rome, we found the square where Julius Caesar was stabbed 
and they had made it into a cat sanctuary. So there was just <laughs> bundles and bundles of cats all around the ruins where Caesar got stabbed. It was wonderful. Nice. It was like an ancient jungle gym for them to be knocking about. And I think it's just like, yeah, you, you live your dreams there, kitties. There was also one at the Colosseum, which was also pretty cool. Yeah, Rome in general seems very cat friendly. Mm. And so essentially if you were considering giving up your human life so that you can live your cat dreams, Rome would be a good place to go. I'd say Rome or an island in Japan would be the, the two. You, you couldn't do it in Ireland. No, you couldn't. Too wet, too cold. Just you'd be looked at weird. Could you imagine like Betty from down the street coming across you in a cat suit just going, ah, look, it's that mad one again. <laughs> well, every village has to have a mad one. So you could be that person. You could be that person. Uh, there she goes again. It's the girl who thinks she's a cat. <laughs> she lives under a bridge and cleans herself with her hand. <laughs> All the other cats are scared of her. <laughs> All the other humans will be scared of her too by the sound of All the cats seem to think she's some sort of master criminal. <laughs> I'm still I'm still howling at the idea of a cat breaking every human law because there's so many arbitrary laws that you could get into, like defamation. <laughs> like a cat going, <laughs> Meow. getting sued for libel. <laughs> Meow. You're a fool. <laughs> Whoa. You know that guy who lied about vaccines? Oh, what yeah. was he prosecuted for doing? Because maybe McCavity has also provided <laughs> false information about vaccines. I don't know if he was ever done about that, to be honest. But he should, considering, like, obviously the damage he's done. But I, I can't think of the actual law right now. The law that I really wanted to focus on was the one where they say you're not allowed to kill Bigfoot. <laughs> so by that extension, McCavity has to have killed Bigfoot. McCavity would have rigged an election. <gasps> <laughs> After killing the Romanoff family, he rigged the election in the US. Oh my God, McCavity could be the reason why there's Trump. Oh, oh no. Maybe Trump is McCavity. No, I wouldn't say that. Like He does have <laughs> that callous disregard for human life and this very odd way of interacting with the world. He could possibly be a cat pretending to be a human. <laughs> or maybe a human who is pretending to be a cat who is then pretending to be a human. That's some meta things right there. It would explain why he's like orange. He's a ginger tabby, maybe. Exactly. And it's breaking through his skin suit. Exactly. Well, I mean, the level of callousness that he's kind of shown to a lot of um, foreign policy is the same kind of reasoning you could expect from an actual cat, I think. <laughs> it's like when we were talking about the sharks seeking revenge. And you know cats seek revenge. Oh, yeah. They understand the concept of revenge real good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I wake up and I can't breathe and it's because uh, I wake up and I find that the cat is sitting on my face <laughs> for so, uh, to avenge some slight that has been done to, against her. You looked at me funny eight weeks ago. I'll never forgive you. <laughs> it's probably just for the the eye cleaning thing. Oh. Um, yeah, I think that's basically my entire conspiracy theory is that McCavity is not in fact a real cat and that's why they're so scared of him. It has been a wonderful podcast talking about the wonders of cats and felines and that insane musical that I really want to know what drugs they were on when that happened. I think it's just the natural extension of what happens when you take a book of poems written 150 years ago, translate it to a musical in the 70s, mm. then filter it through to the 90s 
when the 1998 version was done, and you remember the 90s, right? I, sadly, it was so neon and just, oh, Lord. The 90s were a glorious time for me. I, those I inflatable chairs. Those inflatable chairs. We need to talk about that. Yeah, and like <laughs> all, all the like see-through jewellery and the, like it was a very cosmic time. It was a cosmic time. So like what better way to kind of filter a, a 1970s musical through the lens of the 90s and then Cats is what you end up with. And the 1998 stage version anyway. Did I tell you that they... They tried to do a version of Rum Tum Tugger where they made him like a Justin Bieber type rapper. Oh, good Lord. They made him rap his lines. Is that going to be in the new movie? I hope not, but I don't think it is. From what I can see, it looks like Mr. Mistopheles is a pearly king. A what? Do you not know what a pearly king is? I don't go outside much. (laughs) <laughs> they are a London sort of tourist attraction where their um their clothes are covered with pearls. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, because yeah, they're yeah, opulent. Yeah, yeah. You earn everything. Opulent. <laughs> you earn everything. What a great, great show. <laughs> we will have RuPaul's Drag Race theories later on, but not right now. That's for another episode. But it looks like it's either Buster for Jones or... Or Mr. Mistopheles, because there's only two black and white cats in that entire musical, except for Quaxo, but that's a different extension. Um, so, but I'm finding a lot of the choices that they made with this musical baffling. I'm cool with Judy Dench being old Deuteronomy because, you know, why not? Judy Dench could play like Gandhi and it would still be grand. Like Judy Dench could be Dumbledore. Judy Dench should have been Dumbledore. Possibly. Just, and Gandalf. And Gandalf. <laughs> and Santa Claus <laughs> and Venom oh my god could you imagine her that's Eddie Brock <laughs> <laughs> okay um, no 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 anyway um, that's a throwback <laughs> I, I live in fear but I will go see it in the cinema mm. and we may also then have to take a break because I may f- I may fall into a depressive slump and then not want to record any more episodes of this podcast We'll oh, see. We will. You'll have to take over for the next three episodes and I'll just be like, who cares? Who cares? I've seen the cat's film. Life is not worth living anymore. <laughs> I've seen through to the real truth. I've seen the truth and it's not worth it. Okay. Anyway, we are more or less finished now, I think. Yes, uh, we have been the Crackpot Theory. We are now on Tuned In. We're in iTunes. We're on Spotify now, which is absolutely deadly. Uh, we're just Crackpot Theories on there if you want to check us out. Or if you like the social medias, we are on Twitter at Crackpot Pod. Uh, we are regularly tweeting on there stuff to do with our episodes and jokes and funny little things from our bunker so if you want to go on there and chat to us or send in your own theories we'd absolutely love to hear them and uh, yeah it has been Crackpot Theories the truth is out there and it is much much weirder than you think and definitely definitely not as weird as the Cats musical (laughs) we'll see you next time thank you bye